HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is supported by Pop M, a unique shop located in Littleton, New Hampshire, and by ICE, the Institute of Culinary Education. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome to HRN Happy Hour. It's five o'clock somewhere, and somewhere is Bushwick. I'm Kat Johnson, the Communications Director here at HRN, and I'm here with my co-host, Katie Mosman-Wadler. Hey, Kat. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Uh, We also have in studio with us, I'm going to go from my right to my further, further right, um, (laughs) the wonderful Hannah Forden, Membership Coordinator of HRN. Hey, guys. We have Liza Hamm, who's our Special Projects Coordinator and Meet and 3 Producer Extraordinaire. Hello. And in the booth, as always, we have David Tadashore. Hey, Dave. Hello. No applause uh, this week? The yeah. audience is really slacking. Wake up, everybody. <laughs> oh, go. even better. Okay. okay. He's warming up those sound effects. <laughs> okay. There it is. All right. Shockwaves. And we're super excited to announce today's guest. Rochelle Oliver is a food writer exploring the flavors that make island cuisine and culture so unique. She was recently a guest on A Taste of the Past, episode 305, where she took Linda Palaccio all the way back to the 1500s to learn about the origins of the favorite Jamaican food preparation, jerk. Welcome, Rochelle. Hi. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. So we're going to get into it a little bit more with Rochelle very shortly, but first we have a few announcements that we want to make, and then we'll take you through some headlines. So first up, some cool events happening. This Saturday is Beards Without Beards Craft Beer Festival. Uh, If you heard our show a couple weeks ago, we had Grace Whites on the show, who has done all the planning for this incredible event. It's this Saturday at the well from noon to 4 p.m., It's featuring 20-plus women-owned breweries or breweries that are helmed by female brewers. So it's going to be awesome. And the well has an incredibly huge backyard, and it's going to be very fun and good weather. So go to hopculture.com slash beardless for info and for tickets. Another event happening this weekend is on Sunday. It's right here where we are. 
Arts and Seizures is celebrating its 250th and final episode this Sunday. If you don't know about Arts and Seizures, it's the fastest half hour on radio. This is Mike Edison, host of Arts, Senses, and Seizures. You're listening to the Heritage Radio Network. And Mike is going to be here along with his cohort, uh, Pete Zaremba. And the Count. The Count. Sharky and The Count, as they are known. Um, they're going to do their last show. And then following that, they're going to play a live concert here in the Roberta's Garden. So come by around 3 p.m. for music, pizza, beer, and celebrating. It's going to be heavy on the seizures. Oh, um, gosh. They've got their uh, their backing band, Daddy Long Legs. Been making rounds around uh, Brooklyn and uh, East Village lately. Um, and uh, if you would like to come... We really, really want to see you here, so I'm going to tell you in advance, uh, we've been seeing lots of signs in the Morgan Avenue L train stop. No L train this weekend. So, um, show Mike how much you love him, and uh, take a bus, take a bike, take a car, walk, swim, scoot, do what swim. you got to do. Take a ferry. I think you should definitely <laughs> swim. Get yourselves Segway. here. Because it's going to be amazing, um, and we don't need to let a little L train shut down, slow us down. I mean, you're going to have to get used to it. Yep. This is just a taste of what's to come, people. Yep. We, we had Rochelle on A Taste of the Past. This is a taste of the future. <laughs> With the L train, Arts and Seizures Party. I know that was so bad. So bad. It was great. Thank you. <laughs> it's an uh, opportunity to figure out how you're going to live your life in a few months when the L train shuts down. It's an opportunity. <laughs> Practice. We'll all be Practice okay. Makes perfect. We'll all be okay. It will be perfect. Um, and okay, if if you're stressed out about the L train, let me take you somewhere for our last event announcement. Far, far away. Have you ever dreamed of frolicking through a sunflower field? Yes. yes. What about a sunflower maze? Yes. The North Fork Potato Chip Sunflower Maze is now open in Mattituck, New York, covering approximately 20 acres of farmland. Entry is just five dollars. I want to go. Flowers should be in full bloom until mid-August, so don't wait. Learn more at NorthForkChips.com. <laughs> okay, that's all of our announcements. Okay, <laughs> I, I got so relaxed while that music was playing, and I was just in a little dreamscape and yeah. of sunflowers <laughs> um, and no subway. Uh, okay, well, we do have a couple of headlines for this week. There's a that. Sorry, I think we're going to pep us right back up. Um, so the first headline is that Meet and 3 is on break. Oh, um, But don't worry, don't worry. We're bringing you a special snack-sized episode tomorrow. Oh, yeah. We are celebrating Farmer's Market Week, and with that is coming an update about the ag tariffs and the recently proposed farmer bailouts. Um, some irony to talk about. How are they like related? Those. I don't know. Find out tomorrow. Find out. And on the subject of farms, we have very exciting news over at the Farm Report this week. Um, our outgoing host, the wonderful Erin Fairbanks, is handing the reins over to Lisa Held, who is incredible. She is a food writer. She writes for Civil Eats. And we're really excited for her to take over the show this fall. This week on Andrew Talks to Chefs, Chef Gabrielle Kreuter talks about his humble beginnings on a farm in Alsace, his love of New York City, and his very personal observations about teamwork, creativity, and creating an environment that is welcoming to all. His restaurant's beautiful. And this week on Speaking Broadly, you can hear one woman's amazing journey from aiding refugees to rejuvenating her own country's her own country's food traditions. Um, Selassie Atatika uh, was born in Ghana. 
raised in America and has returned to her homeland to cook dishes that have been passed down through generations, update them, and in the process, document a new African cuisine. It's definitely worth checking out. Those are our headlines for the week. Just a taste of our 35 weekly shows. And remember, next week is um, our season finale across the network. So um, make sure you're listening. And Sweeps week. It's sweeps week. <laughs> um, <laughs> Nielsen's going to be watching, guys. <laughs> One more quick announcement. It's not really an announcement. It's more of like a congratulations, happy anniversary to 100 Bogart. Um, this is the wonderful building where we have our office down the block from Roberta's. And uh, we've been super lucky to have been with them for basically the entirety of their first year being open. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually sneakily got to move in like a couple of days early. Um, and so we've really seen that co-working space really blossom and uh, turn into a really amazing community. And so um, tonight we'll be celebrating with them. And uh, if you'd like to learn more, uh, just search Facebook for 100 Bogart or send us a note. We'll give you a tour. It's really fun. And you can be our neighbor and work with us. I think they're doing 20% off your first month for new members right now. So um, come hang with us. We love it. It's beautiful. There's there's, free coffee. Yeah, there's coffee and there's a lot of really cool people working out of there. And And a gorgeous rooftop. Yes, Mm -hmm. we get to have events on the rooftop all the time. And come hang I think you, whoever you are out there, you should come work at 100 Bogart and figure out what crypto uh, blockchain is and then tell me about it because yeah, there's know. a lot of people in the building doing that and I still have no idea what it is. I've, I've been asking people who work in the industry what it is and I think the trick is we have to find some people who don't yet work in that industry to explain it to us. Mm. I think they're operating kind of on a like, different frequency than mm-hmm, us. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got um, it. But they're all super nice. We really like working with oh, them. Oh, yeah. I just um, don't know what they do. We'll figure it out eventually. It's okay. Um, All right. So now we're going to turn back to Rochelle. Rochelle. Hi. So we recently had... Rochelle, (laughs) Rochelle. Never heard that, actually. We're going to start this off um, with um, a question that we have been posing recently. We've had some HR and host meetings, and we went around and we asked all of our hosts to share their favorite summer snack. So what are you hankering for during this heat wave? Ooh, this is a good question. What I've been cra- what have I been craving this summer? Um, <laughs> some popular ones have been like heirloom tomatoes, um, melon. But what's funny is that yeah. some hosts have said those things, and then other hosts have been like, "That's not a snack. That's healthy." Yeah, everyone's oh. very strict. Yeah, some oh. people got really upset about Ooh. what but constitutes I, a snack. Well, we have no rules here, so you can say whatever you want. So I say there's two. Okay. There's one thing that I'm always craving in, in this every summer, and it is a uh, Bloody Mary from uh, Charleston, you know, South Carolina. They make yes. it the best. Um, it's more like Caesars. They put Clamato juice in there, and mm. it's just so good. <laughs> um, and so maybe that's like a year-round craving for me. Yeah. Are you a fan <laughs> of the, like, loaded uh, garnish Bloody Mary, or do you prefer it, like, celery and maybe a few little things? I'm a fan of as long as it's good. Okay. Really, I mean, some people it's just like, like a whole too lobster cl- just stuffed into the glass. Put the lobster in <laughs> as long as long as it's not clashing with the other flavors. Uh-huh. I mean, some of the, some of the great things is like people will put really great seasonings on it, and it tastes more like like a really great meal that's refreshing mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. So it's it works, but sometimes people clutter it too much. But mm-hmm. I've never had a problem getting a bad. You, you know, don't need like Marianne. a whole slider and five shrimp and some candied bacon and. Uh, like, oh, that I'll take it. Things. Oh, that yeah. sounds great. Actually. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, 
And then the other thing is um, I really love having grilled peaches in the summertime. I love that. Grilled peaches with some um, like homemade whipped cream. Ugh, that's those two. I could just live forever on that in the summertime. Solid that, choices. That reminds me a little bit of Tony's. That's sort of like a different spin on. So uh, Tony Butler is on our board of directors, uh, recently retired uh, executive director of St. John's Bread and Life. And he was consistent. We had a, a few people that were at like both of our host meetings and he was at both and he gave the same answer, which is like, he's really super dedicated to the snack. I think we all were like, all over the place. Um, but his is uh, half a cantaloupe scooped out with huh. ice cream in it, but it has to be Ooh. chocolate and vanilla ice cream in yeah. the half a cantaloupe, which I just love. I love everything about this because it's like, it's like so much sugar. <laughs> it's fruit. It's healthy. Um, it's, it's, but it's, it's, it's sound, like, I'll try it. Melon. Yeah. Well, it's like a, des- so it's like a dessert version of like melon and cottage cheese, which I know mm. a lot of people like. I do not like it, but I think I can get behind more of the ice cream than the cottage cheese. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> you can just like pick whichever one you like. Yeah, or just I'll take the melon, honestly. <laughs> okay. I really like cottage cheese. I love cottage cheese. Yeah, it's delicious. I do too. I've been making breakfast of cottage cheese with um, little like really good cherry tomatoes sliced up and then two fried eggs on top, like mm. crispy fried eggs. That sounds, that sounds, that sounds uh, really good. It's weird, good. but it's good. Whoa. I love cottage cheese. Yeah. When I, so, I was, like, not really allowed to eat school lunch that much um, when I was a kid. You weren't allowed to eat school lunch? Yeah. Like, my my mom would, like, not let me. She'd give oh, you, like, she'd bring you something healthier. But she gave you I food, mean, no, I had to, like, bring right? it myself. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> no, I ate. You I ate. But, like, I had to eat, like, <laughs> tofu Just learn. and, like, learning only. Hippie food. Um, but we had a salad bar, so sometimes I would, like, and then I was, like, in high school, and then I could, like, make my own choices. Um, but salad bar was, like, really bad. But they had, um, it was like iceberg lettuce, but then they had cottage cheese, which was just like reliably good. And those like, um, you know, pre-seasoned croutons mm. and like chopped up, um, like fried chicken basically. And that was like a really dependable, good salad. And yeah. if you're like really wild and crazy, you could put like ham cubes on it. Whoa. Mm. Yeah. Whoa. So that's like a little nostalgic for me. Yeah. So because you weren't allowed to have a school lunch did you like crave the like cold pizza that's being served oh my god yeah soggy french fries (laughs) you're like like, only scissors pizza and (laughs) like french toast sticks like they had school they had breakfast like at my school which i also like wasn't supposed to eat but um french toast sticks are delicious (laughs) they're like deep fried and they are um, really good let me tell you how hard it is to like get a kid to like trade you their like fruit by the foot for a fruit leather (laughs) Stretch fruit Island. Leather? They still make them. Stretch Island fruit leather. That was like what I had. And oh like, my God. no one's going to trade you. Oh, man. No. What it's, a hard life. Anyway, sounds... I turned out right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, well, Rochelle. Um, Hi. So you you were born in Crete, in Greece? Yeah. So, you did your research. Um, in Crete. What? How, how, did you how eat long lunches did you live in Crete? In Crete? <laughs> and like. Do you remember like eating Greek food or when did you move from there? Yeah. So I was born um, in Crete in Greece and my parents lived there for two years. And when I left, I still can't get a straight answer from my parents. (laughs) (laughs) Always changing just a little bit. Um, But I was probably about a year old when we left. So I wasn't Oh my gosh, I can only imagine how good those school lunches were. <laughs> oh my gosh, like feta and like yeah. just 
goodness and fresh fruit mm. and um but no i i uh so i was there and then came to the states as a kid and went to palm beach county by the time i was four years old so that was a a little bit of my upbringing there but i have a god family in greece and i it's a really cool story with my family we just went back for this summer uh, and it was their first time they had been back in more than 30 years. Wow. Yeah. And uh, had you been since then? I, I had. My God family is there. I was mm-hmm. born and baptized in Crete, which is a big thing to be baptized there. And and so my God family, we lost touch when my parents came to the States. And we actually couldn't afford to call them. Because remember back then before oh, yeah. like WhatsApp and mm-hmm. the Internet, uh-huh. you know, um, phone calls were really expensive. And my family, we were just, you know, trying to get by. And my parents were working multiple jobs. And and so we lost touch. And, and so as a little kid, I think I was about about nine years old where I found a business card of my godparents and so I would go up to um I I kept it in my back pocket and wherever I went I made sure to have like my god the, the business card with me I would go up to any Greek stand you know when you go to like the mall there's always like a Greek like little restaurant there and at the the fair the festival that comes into town every year I would bring it with me because there was always little Greek stands. So I would go up to the stands, this little nine-year-old Jamaican kid, and I'd be like, excuse me, do you know my godparents? And, like, I really want to meet them one day. And they would just be like, that was what they would look at me. They would give me this face and then ask me, why is this kid? You know? And then, um, so at 25, I was actually able to, I did a lot of research. It took me about three months to find them. And I was 25 when I went back, and it wow. was amazing. So we've been in touch. They, my God family was there when I got married a few months ago. And wow. Yeah, it's, it was, it's, been, it's been amazing to kind of reconnect with my, my oh. God family and my, my Greek roots, uh, you know. So That's incredible. That's so yeah, sweet. That's Did your parents start. know that you were uh, going up to random Greek people looking for <laughs> your godparents? They definitely did because I, I, I would, if we were in the con, I'm like, no, I forgot my business card. I need oh. to go get it. I would run out, and I think that um, they just thought that I would kind of get over it and forget about it, and I never did. I always felt very connected to where I was born. That's awesome. Um, Well, I want to ask you a little bit about kind of your shift from doing breaking news at the Times to, like, focusing more on food. Um, Kind of what what made you want to do that, and what was the transition like? So it was – it's interesting because I used to cover food. Um, like a years ago, and I was in Miami and was an editor, covered food in South Florida and, and Fort Lauderdale and Miami, and it was wonderful and great, and I loved it. And then there's this thing where it's kind of like, I want to be taken seriously. And the New York Times calls and they say, Do you want to become an editor for breaking news? And you, you say yes, of course. <laughs> you say yes, you pack your bags and you move to New York. And I was talking to a friend of mine, a reporter for the National Desk, and we were just talking and, and we were talking about the news and I'm like, yeah, there's this happening, there's that happening. And then he mentioned something about um, how he's you know, vegetarian and he was changing the way he eats. And, but he's so bored with the food. My face lit up. My entire, like everything about me was like filled with joy. And I was giving him all these great ideas. And, and he goes, you know, every time we talk about food, you light up. And I was like, well, I really love food. He's like, why aren't you covering it for us? Why aren't you doing something like, well, I have this story I was thinking about. And so I uh, uh, pitched it to Sam Sifton there. And 
uh, a, a story on beef patties and the, the history of beef patties and and how it's becoming more popular in the U.S. And I featured a, a, a Lowell Hawthorne who um, did uh, unfortunately commit suicide um, after the story. No connection to the story, of course. It was a good story. Um, but it was um, some of the things that he had mentioned was that he wanted to make the beef patty a the next burger. He wanted it to compete with McDonald's. And so I think that was a amazing piece, being able to see how, you know, food is such a powerful tool. You know, I think when I was covering it the first time, people were just seeing it food is food. But in the most recent, in the years, last, you know, five, ten years, we're really seeing a major change where people are seeing t food as a tool to empower people, a tool to uh, bring um, attention to people's voices. And so seeing how much you can talk about, I mean, food is news now. Food is breaking news. And it's always been, but now people are actually giving it the, the attention that it deserves. And so I, and after that uh, beef patty story, I don't think there's any day that I'm ever going to turn back. It's, it's food for, for now and forever. Amen for me, because I love it. And I love how talking about food helps people become more aware of who they are. And you mentioned that you have Jamaican roots, and that's kind of a big uh, area of focus for you. Can you talk a little bit about some of the writing that you've done centered around Jamaica and Jamaican cuisine? Sure. So my parents are both um, Jamaican. I was born in Greece, moved to U.S. Um, but uh, the most recent story I did was the jerk article, um, where after the, the beef patty article did so well, the next thing was like, let's let's talk about Jamaican jerk and uh, hear, like, what's going on with that? I, that was our first question. What's going on with, with jerk? And I think it, and initially it was really just supposed to be like this quick piece. So let's go out there and talk about Jamaican jerk barbecue. But there, you really couldn't talk about um, Jamaican, without, talk about jerk without talking about its roots in Jamaica. And you couldn't talk about jerk without acknowledging that it's more than just flavor. It's a cooking style. And that's what you find with a lot of Jamaican ingredients and a lot of in, in, ingredients throughout the Caribbean is that, you know, they say cooking with love. I think love is like a catch-all for like the process, um, the, the farm-to-table experience that uh, you can't really just bottle the, the end result, right? And so uh, talking about um, Jamaican food and jerk, that's how we were ended up, that's how we ended up approaching that story. So I feel like jerk is one of those words that kind of can get co-opted on menus that maybe the people that are creating the menu don't really have a con true connection to, like you're saying, the process of what jerk really encompasses. Um, how do you feel about that? And maybe how do you think true Jamaican chefs and cooks feel about seeing jerk become popularized and maybe it not being true jerk? I, so this ended up coming up with almost every chef and any person I spoke to. They would bring up people who are just slapping it on a menu, calling it Caribbean jerk. Uh, and or saying, uh, kind of saying, oh, this is what jerk is supposed to be. And they didn't really, like, who likes when someone tells them what, you know, your food and your experience is supposed to be? So that wasn't, that's not being, that's not being welcomed, that attitude at all. But what I did find interesting was, because I think a lot of times when you talk about appropriation of food or 
you know, the appropriation of food. The conversation is that's not yours to have, that's mine to have. And so you need to give, you know, this culture the respect. What I found though, which was really different, is that those uh, Jamaicans I was speaking to were saying that, you know, just do it right. First of all, call it Jamaican, call it what it is, and then bring in the right people so that you are presenting it properly. And so just do right by the food. And I think that's a subtle difference in like you're not allowed to do it. There was a lot of pride in being able to present jerk to the masses and to the world. I think that Jamaica's, uh, you know, has like an, it's one of the, it's a small island, yet it has a very large, you know, footprint. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been recognized, you know, with Bob Marley. People are so familiar with it. So I think Jamaicans are very used to, familiar with sharing their culture. But uh, yeah, they're just like, just do it right. Call, call it by the, by the right uh, name. It's not Caribbean. It's, they felt very, a lot of pride in being a Jamaican jerk. Awesome. Um, and then I want to ask you about Island and Spice, ah. your new project, newish yeah. project. My newish project, yes. So islandandspice.com, it is our online magazine that focuses on uh, celebrating Caribbean chefs, celebrating Caribbean food, and sharing recipes from the people who are helping to push the, uh, the way Caribbean food is seen a little bit more like ahead. Mm-hmm. They're making it new and fresh and uh, sort of helping to evolve the conversation when it comes to uh, um, Caribbean food. So often when people think of Caribbean food, you might think of like jerk, beef patties. You might think of roti or um, let's see, another popular one, like the mojito, you know, is uh, some popular island drinks. Um, Sometimes people think Margaritaville even when they think of the Caribbean, (laughs) right? It's like a more touristy perspective. Yeah. But the truth is there's so many great chefs doing wonderful things out there. And so, and they're having a hard time breaking out of that box and being seen for doing, um, a, bringing really like high-end techniques of food and really crafting the, the beauty of the peppers, um, which they, they've been able to craft it so that you can get the flavor, the full flavor of the pepper, whether it's a dessert you're having it in. Um, someone was telling me about a jerk um, smoked whipped cream. Wow. Right? <laughs> Interesting. Right? I'm going to try to make it. If I can get the recipe, it calls for many, 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 a lot of equipment. <laughs> um, uh, but, I mean, so these are, these are chefs and, then, and ingredients and recipes out there that are being used and utilized in such amazing ways. So islandandspice.com, that's the place where we want to talk about that. And so, yeah, so uh, it'll be launching in just a few weeks. We're getting really close to uh, the launch. And so, yeah, so please subscribe. We want to share it with the world and let people know what else is out there. Awesome. All right. Well, let's take a very short break. And when we come back, we're going to play a little bit of trivia. Um, We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Pop M, a unique shop teeming with vibrant colors and a wash in pop art, located in Littleton, New Hampshire. 
Its alternative cafe marries healthy and fresh with luscious and decadent treats. At Pop M, indie brands and local artists mingle, bringing quality and hot off the press style. Follow Pop M at popm.nh. This episode is also brought to you by the Institute of Culinary Education, a career cooking school with culinary arts, pastry and baking arts, restaurant and culinary management, and hospitality management programs, plus more than 1,500 recreational food and beverage classes a year. Earn a diploma in 6 to 12 months at the New Yorker LA campus, land an externship in the top cities for restaurants and hospitality, and find your culinary voice. Learn more at ice.edu. Welcome back. (laughs) Jinx. (laughs) Welcome back to Meet and Three. Our guest today is Rochelle Oliver. Um, So, Rochelle, we were just talking about your new project, Island and Spice, um, which is all about Caribbean food. So, of course, um, right before we get to trivia, we did want to ask you about some of your favorite places to eat Jamaican food outside of the island itself. Um, So, tell us about some favorite spots. Okay, so one of the Jamaican, well, I have to tell you, my mom's house. <laughs> I can't. My, mom, I love you. Your food is amazing. <laughs> um, the, my, my favorite place to get beef patties, I feel like there's different things in different places. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there isn't one spot where I feel like I can get everything that I, that I love and adore. But the, my favorite place for beef patties is actually... In Florida, and it's called Island Style uh, Island Style Bakery. And I'm telling you, they still make it the old school way, with their hands, and it's just no machines involved in the process. And each patty is done with like love, and and it just takes the the the, the quality of the pastry is just you, you can't compare it to anything else. It's done the way that it was traditionally done, I feel, or has been done for decades. A lot of people are moving away from that for obvious reasons. Um, so that's my favorite beef patty place. Um, there is a good beef patty place I found in Harlem, which is very, it's, it's, it's solid, it's solid. But um, it's called um, Beef Patty Stop. And it is in, oh my goodness, the Beef Patty Stop, it's on, one, on 145th. And I think like Adam Clayton. I don't want to say the wrong thing, but the beef patty spot in Harlem. That's it's really good. Awesome. <laughs> um, okay, well, that's like a super achievable subway yeah. ride from here. Totally, mm-hmm. totally. <laughs> All right, but well, not this weekend. No L train. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no going in and out of Brooklyn. Um, all right, so we're going to get into our trivia round. Again, everybody's on your team here because I'm the only one who knows the answers. Guys, don't look at the sheet. All right, Have so. Because we're talking about Caribbean food, I wanted to write some trivia about that, but we're going to incorporate some celebs. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So question number one, model and singer Grace Jones was born in Jamaica and moved to Syracuse with her family when she was 13. Who knew that? Um, in her 2015 book, I'll Never Write My Memoirs, she included her tour writer. It includes six lemons... One bottle of Tabasco and two dozen of what unopened snack? Lemon, Tabasco. Lemon, Tabasco. And an unopened snack. Think about what you'd eat lemon and Tabasco on. 
Unopened? Are we competing? What do you mean team? unopened? No, no we're, we're on team. your team. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I get really competitive. I was like, wait, are we allies? <laughs> are we allies? <laughs> wait, okay. I'll give you a hint. Mango? I mean, all I can think of is shrimp. But they're okay. you're on the right track. Is it pepper shrimp? It's you're on the right track. It's a mollusk. Oh, oysters. That's right. Unopened. Un- Those are her snacks? On her rider, it said Wouldn't she... would you call them unshucked? Well, or well, no, no. Live? Well, that would be a dead giveaway. giveaway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is what her rider said on that on that bullet point line. It was two dozen Finticlair or Colchester oysters on ice, parentheses, unopened. Grace does her own shucking. Oh, I wow. bet she does. Mm. Okay. That's awesome. Love By it. The way, that's so does Shuka Khan, I hear. <laughs> oh, Dave. Ouch. Oh. All right. Question number two. Rihanna is arguably the most famous Barbadian in modern history and maybe the most photographed. Paparazzi have repeatedly snapped Riri walking out of restaurants and clubs with what in hand? Is this, is this food? <laughs> Clo- it's it's is it it's is a beverage. Thing. Oh, it's a beverage. Oh, I thought it was something that was just made legal. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably that too. Um, People started joking that she was basically just stealing this object from restaurants. Oh, she would walk up with a wait a glass. Yeah, like a glass of wine. She just walks out with a glass. She, she walks out with wine glasses. Did oh I get god, that right? I love yes. That. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Um, like a road soda, right? <laughs> Apparently, open container laws don't apply to Rihanna. She just strolls on out. I mean, she just leaves with it. She does her own thing. Oh, yeah. I support it. Yeah. Uh, okay. She shucks her own oysters, too. I bet she does, yeah. All right. Question number three. Earlier this year, Conan O'Brien filmed an entire episode on location in Haiti. In one segment, he learns the art of Haitian cuisine at what organization founded by Jose Andres? Oh, I don't. No. This organization is World. Uh, what's it called? World something. Yep, yep, yep. Is it World Health? It is uh, World Central Kitchen. Oh. No. They're the ones that they did a uh, work in Puerto Rico mm-hmm. and also now in California, I believe. But they have like a they have like a permanent uh, like training school in Haiti. It's a really cool segment. Conan makes a fool of himself as usual, but ah. it's really cute. Ah, Conan. Conan. Uh, all right, question number four. I told you Usain Bolt was coming. Okay. Yeah. Usain Bolt, the retired sprinter from Jamaica, seems to have youthful food preferences. He <laughs> reportedly hates broccoli, but legend has it he consumed 1,000 of what kid-friendly food item during the Beijing Olympics? Oh, I thought you were going to ask me about those potatoes that were like his... Uh, Made him so fast. He's <laughs> ready for Are this question. Are there special yeah. speed potatoes? Yeah. Oh, wait, a, little, a, a child in the window. Well, a child in the window. He's like, I know the answer to this. He says kid, <laughs> kid like candy. Friendly. He's like, you don't know this answer. <laughs> wait, did you say candy or kid friendly? Uh, kid friendly food. Uh, oh, I was thinking candy. High, it's a high protein food. So people were like, actually, it's fine that he eats this. He, eats, he ate 1,000 of them? 1,000 of Chicken them. Chicken nugget? Yes. Oh, oh wow. Good nice. job. Nice. Good job. Pink slime. It was the kid. He told it to me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> his eyes are just he saying oh, chicken nuggets. Here. He's chicken shooting nuggets. laser beams out of his eyes at Hannah right <laughs> oh, now. My new boyfriend. All right. Question number five. Last favorite. question. Benicio del Toro spent his childhood in Puerto Rico before moving to the, sta- the States at the age of 12. 
After appearing on The Tonight Show to talk about the work he's doing for Puerto Rico in the wake of Hurricane Maria, Del Toro and Jimmy Fallon capped off their time together with what traditional Christmas drink that originated oh, in Puerto Rico? That's the, uh, oh, it's so yummy. The, um, with the condensed condense milk and the co- co- croqui. Co- oh. I'm thinking croqui. That's a good that's a uh, I, it's, um, uh It's, oh gosh. I'm I feel like you were saying coquito? it. Coquito? Yes. Coquito, yeah. coquito. Yep. The, this coconut. The egg and the. It's a coconut-based alcoholic beverage similar to eggnog, eggnog, also known as Puerto Rican eggnog. Yes. Coquito. It is so good. Yeah, it looked good. Never had it's it before. so yummy. Awesome. All right. Good job on trivia, guys. <laughs> you killed it. Well done, Michelle. <laughs> All right. Good job, team. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's our show. Thanks to Rochelle Oliver for being here with us. Aww, thanks for having me. This is fun. Yeah. Come back. Come and hang with I, us again. Thank you for inviting me. I'm here. I, 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 just, I won't leave. I'll just, <laughs> oh, great. I'll just stay here. <laughs> that was our plan all along. <laughs> <laughs> Rochelle is the new host of every show on Heritage Radio Network. <laughs> we'll let the host know. Yeah. You have a new co-host. It's Send fine. them an email. Um, all right. Well, uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us in the studio today. Stay cool out there. Please uh, come hang out with us at Roberta's this Sunday, uh, Last Arts and Seizures. Uh, we will all be there. So that's all. And uh, no show next week. See you next season. See you next season. September. Till then. Ta-ta. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. HRN Happy Hour is powered by Simplecast. Simplecast is a popular hosting and analytics platform that allows podcasters to easily host and publish to apps like Apple Podcasts. If you have a podcast or are looking to create your very first, check it out. Try it for free and save half off your first three months at simplecast.com forward slash heritage. Uh-huh.